Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest episode of Cultured Boys, a show where two guys just want to have a chat. I'm Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by Pepe, and this week, we're going to talk about crossovers. How you doing, Pepe? I'm very good, Nathan. I am very good. I'm very excited to talk about crossovers, crossovers because they are like my favorite thing in any form of me- any form of media. So like if it's like gaming or like movies or like TV shows or whatever. Like a crossover always feels like a special occasion, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it is is because it's the collaboration which is the other keyword here really, I guess. Mm. It's a collaboration of two brands or you know like sets of characters or something or well not specifically two but like several brands, you know, like different franchises and stuff. So you're right, it is a special occasion because like a lot of work goes into that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, good to talk about some of my favorite ones. Uh, here, interest to hear what your favorite ones are as well. Yeah, I think to be fair, if anyone's like listened to our discussions before, I've been, I'm pretty sure you you'll know what's coming up here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a fair few like that. Um... There's definitely going to be some repeats. Yeah, I mean we've talked about a fair few collaborations or crossover, like at least games, many times. Yeah. Um, some of them are most likely going to be repeated here because, again, they're great and you should try them. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. So, um, Nathan, why don't you start? Like, wait, go for like a crossover that's like big in your mind or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... What's big in your mind? Tell me. The first thing that crosses my mind right now is the Mario Rabbids game. Oh, yeah. Mainly because recently, as of this year, we also got confirmed and it was announced like the second one's coming next year. Mm. Uh, that game surprisingly was amazing and sort of like, you know, when you hear like Mario and Rabbids, you you have absolutely like no thoughts on it. You're like, eh, it's Rabbids. <laughs> yeah. Rabbids really brings it down. You know, like Mario is like top tier and then Rabbids like really brings it down. But mm. that game was really good. Yeah. And they blended the two worlds surprisingly well yeah i get you it, it was a really good cohesion and i'm quite excited for the second one even though i didn't finish the first one ah uh, okay that's a, like a consistent thing i've heard about this uh, mario rabbits game is that it is actually really good like like surprisingly good i've heard from you and a couple other people as well that this, this is actually a really really good game and like it's always on sale on the nintendo eShop. i don't know if you've ever noticed like it's always going for dirt cheap yeah, I have noticed that, which is kind of, if sometimes, you know, it feels like a shame because you're like, oh, that's actually really, especially like if you're like me and you played it, you know, you own it and you're like, but that's a good game. It should be worth more. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but if it keeps going on sale, more people are likely to try it. It's true. Yeah. And then it's like, it's more likely to continue as a franchise rather than just like these one offs. And obviously now it's, I guess you could kind of say it's a franchise because there's going to be a second one. Mm. But like the potential is there that it would just keep going, you know? Are you hyped for the second one? I really am. Like, I really, really enjoyed the first one. The only reason I didn't finish it is because I got stuck. Mm. It's not because the game sucks. Like, I just, if anything, I suck at the game. What kind of gameplay is it? Is it like, um, is it platform? It's like an RPG kind of thing. What's the... So it's a turn-based, like, strategy game. Yeah. So as everyone should know, I guess, from back in the day when the first trailer got announced... And it was weird because everyone's like, oh, Murray's got a gun. Right. So it's <laughs> it's a it's a turn based uh, strategy game. So you're supposed to move Mario and like Rabbit Peach, Rabbit Luigi or normal Luigi. Like you're supposed to move your characters strategically around the arena. 
Okay. So that you can take out the enemies, but the enemies can't take out, can't kill you. Okay. Hmm. But I got stuck towards the end of the game. There's a level where there's like the berserker um, rabbits. They're like really big hulking ones that do a lot of damage, and there's very little like cover. Okay. And you're not supposed to really fight, but I found like I couldn't move enough to stay out of the way without having to fight but then there were several of them along the way mm. and it was just you were supposed to escape but to me it just seemed impossible it clearly isn't because people have finished the game so yeah <laughs> i think i'm just bad maybe it's one of those things like if you picked up again like maybe like a couple months time or whatever like you'll kind of get like a second win maybe i always find that with some games maybe uh, i mean i haven't tried yet I, it's been a few years since i picked the game up so i always find like when you you know when you get stuck on something and like you put it down for ages and then like that hype comes back after like a couple years you know what i mean yeah i don't know like i don't know if you get the same and then you pick it up and you're still pretty crappy because you haven't played it in so long but like once you pick it up like you just all of a sudden everything clicks and you're like well, i don't know why i struggled yeah no i know exactly what you mean like i i do get that sometimes but it's so i don't know it feels like very few and far between sometimes you know like yeah. sometimes you pick up a game and you're just like nope i remember why i put this down <laughs> i get that yeah oh, fair. Like, i would say i want to pick it up but like especially if it's a turn-based rpg it really does sound like my kind of thing not a turn-based strategy thing it does sound like my kind of game i think the strategy element is what probably would get turn most people off mm. but like it really is quite good and I don't know, like, if the second one comes out and the first one goes even cheaper, I I would definitely recommend you pick it up. Yeah. I mean, it's all, like, that's the thing. It's... Not just you, Pepe. I mean, yeah. you out there <laughs> listening as well. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Like, it's always, like, what is it, like, less than, 11, like, sometimes it's, like, seven ninety nine on EE Shop, like. Yeah. And that's, like, for me, that's cheaper than what I think it's worth. Mm-hmm to be fair it's a very good game and i'd say you know it's worth at least like 20 25 pound you know i know that's lower than what it sell it sold for at launch but like you know i'm <laughs> i don't think anyone would ever truly be like yeah this game was totally worth 50 quid yeah i think 50 quid is it feels pretty steep for games these days but you just buy them because you have to at this point and if you want game day one you're gonna be paying 50 quid maximum yeah. if you find it cheap online maybe 40 but like and in before anyone says, right, we are not trying to say developers don't deserve to be paid properly, okay? Mm. We're not belittling anyone's work. I was a game design student myself, so I fully understand the trials and tribulations of producing a game. We are not doing that. No. Believe me, we're not. No, of course not. I think it, it would have been, it's like a, it's a, it's a weird conversation like that one like where does the money go or whatever like where do you think it deserves to go yeah but regardless like scrapping all that like yeah if nathan says it's a good game i'd say i'd, I'd take his recommendation on it i've taken his recommendation on quite a few things before yeah uh so yeah fair man i, w I do want to check it out but i feel like for me it's a motivation thing like i do i think i've got so many games in my back catalog already i get that like <laughs> i need to like sort of sort those sort that stuff out before i feel like i jump on something else well, Christmas is coming up. Maybe it turns up in your Christmas gifts. Mate, if you're getting me see like if you get me like this present, I, I ain't gonna complain. Nathan <laughs> <laughs> buys it for me, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see if you've been a good enough boy or not. Hey, Santa Nathan. <laughs> good old Saint. No, I was gonna say like like Saint Nicholas pun, but like Saint, Saint Nathan less doesn't really go that well. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds even worse. That just sounds like I'm not there anymore. Yeah, Nathan less. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> as if Nate never leaves this uh, this thing. That's what, that's what the podcast goes. Don't be called cultured boys anymore. It's just going to be called Nathan Lutz. <laughs> wow, that's like a really depressing title. Yeah, it's just Pepe. Pepe just Pepe talking to himself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> that depressing thought aside uh hit us with one of yours pep what's the what's the crossover that you'd love that isn't the obvious <laughs> okay it isn't the obvious um I, like i was gonna mention this uh, regardless anyway but um what was it uh keeping with the video game theme uh i'm gonna say that one of my favorite crossovers is uh project cross zone yeah on the 3ds like, have you you played this one at all i played the first one i didn't play the second one yeah uh, did you complete the first one think i almost did i want to say i was maybe i don't know like five to seven missions from the end but like i didn't finish it because it started to get really hard and levels would take like an hour to finish and i was like i'm not putting in an hour it is they genuinely did like they like it went from like doing a really quick um mission so like it did take ages to do these like these other bits and uh, i think i managed to like fill up a play like a four-hour plane journey just doing a couple missions like uh towards the end but that's not good though <laughs> yeah you know like to me that's not game design yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean like it depends on how you look at because i feel like to, like yeah it did get harder don't get me wrong and but like bear in mind okay hold on just gonna take this like mention this straight away because i feel like i've just jumped into like hating on it but <laughs> even though i was like yeah it's one of my favorite ones like, it is a very good game a crossover mechanic like the like the whole character interactions from it from oh dude like i i will agree with you this is one of those where where pepe said this is like they're like a special occasion this one really was and it came out of nowhere yeah i didn't even think we were gonna get this to be fair but like when they first announced it there was no there was no like word of a international release like i just heard it was going into japan and that was it yeah and i like kind of bummed me out a little bit but then they announced it and for those who don't know what uh, project crossover is it's um it's a collaboration between uh sega capcom and namco i believe bandai namco yes um so like that is a really like that was, that was like uh, when i heard about this and seeing all the characters that were popping up we got dante in there we've got like um oh, i thought there was a two capcom characters obviously i mean you had dante you had ryu you had kazuya yeah you had um the virtual fighter uh you had rival schools virtual fighter uh sakura wars that was in there um yeah god eater you had Mega Man, I believe, as well. Mega Man was in there, yeah. Mega Man and Zero, you like, oh, uh, Phoenix, right? He was in the second one. Like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna like put the put two of these under one branch, the second one and the first one. Oh well, if you're including the second one, then um, the second one you had uh, Shinobi as well. Mm. Like from the uh, Hotsuma from the Shinobi franchise from the PS2 era, which is when I was playing it. So it was really cool. It was a super ambitious like crossover. I'm sure there's franchises we forgot as well. Like we just didn't mention. There was quite a few. In the second well, we had like, um, was it uh, Xenosaga characters as well from um, like Monolith. Oh, okay. Uh, it was in there. And you had like, in the second one, you had uh, Krom and Lucina as well. Oh, wow. Uh, they were characters in there and um, Fiora as well from Xenoblade Chronicles she appeared in that but yeah like there's loads of like they covered so many bases with this and it's like a, it's very similar to it's like a turn-based like sort of strategy RPG thing yeah as well um but i, I played this i absolutely love the game um it's, like, i remember the demo came out for it at first i think there were like maybe two demos different character demos yeah yeah it was yeah there was like so like i loved it the whole 
Di- you know when like a crossover game comes out and sometimes the dialogue is just really weak yeah or the story just kind of sucks it's like th- i felt this was like a fleshed out sort of like kind of crossover story yeah bear in mind probably i think most crossover stories do feel like fan fiction in a way but yeah, it's, it's it's one of the better ones on that sort of scale you know what i mean yeah i mean i personally i didn't pay attention to the story much i was just really into the gameplay like i loved that if you put certain characters together like you know you had your time period to do your attacks and like you could combo really hard mm, yeah like if you if you just knew the characters you had and how each move worked you could combo the like your enemy like until the timer ran out mm. and you could kill some enemies like in one combo like towards the end definitely i feel like i uh, mastered that um but as, as you say going back to when we first started talking about this just then um like you're right it towards the end that like the missions got harder and harder and they got longer and longer to a point where you think you've completed it and then a whole batch of new enemies turn up and you're like oh okay yeah and that's why i didn't finish it it's because it wasn't it wasn't hard because it was like an evolution of gameplay or whatever it was just hard because it was like oh now you're just in like you know this is just wave 15 of 20 of enemies and you're just trying to survive the whole time that's different if you were like you know first person shooter because you know Mm. you're still running around and stuff but when it's turn-based and you need all your characters together so you can combo properly or whatever Mm. and you can't because they're all spread out and you know it's strategy so certain characters move less spaces than others but then all of a sudden you've just got enemies of varying levels constantly coming at you like that sucks yeah it, it hurts even more when like there's like a whole but like a whole batch of really strong enemies that come at you and you like you just about got through the last wave and you're like no please it's like a time thing it's a difficulty thing it adds up yeah exactly but nonetheless i did complete the first one i haven't completed the second one i don't even own the second one um funny enough it was one that i just missed out on buying at the time yeah they're quite pricey to get a hold of now i believe these games they're um they're quite quite a pretty price i think it's because they're quite rare yeah I, I do like even just speaking of it now i do want to pick up like project cross zone 2 again i'd like to pick it up for the first time yeah uh, but when i complete it nathan in like about 50 years or whatever you can borrow it now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's one of them as well that was a really good crossover like one that i was like i had hype from the beginning for as well like as i said like i'm surprised this even made it over to the west i genuinely thought it was not going to make it like there's some obscure names in there as well that people probably haven't heard of or it wasn't that popular here but they brought it over anyway like they translated it all like it was brilliant that's the main point is that it was translated like it was localized more than anything because mm. that's normally that's probably where it would have hit the biggest roadblock is you know oh this region the rights belong to x company or what like you know like mm. licensing issues is normally why these kind of things struggle to come outside of japan it's like one of those ones as well like when these when we talk about crossovers as well like you forget how much work actually goes into i think that's what makes it even special it's like two companies coming together to make these sort of things yeah and like or in this case it'd be three companies and two four because if you like i guess these are all on 3ds anyway so nintendo had like a big part to play in it regardless but like it's always cool like oh like I always like, appreciate this game and just a word like when you think Bandai Namco or like Sega you think oh Sonic and Pac-Man but like they aren't in this at all like that's like a heads up like then like even like some of their biggest mascots on it and but I I put that down to it being not very really suited for that world that they designed like you know what I mean 
it's uh it's not as cartoony like sonic and pac-man whilst iconic i agree with you are more like cartoony characters yeah the characters that they put in it were more realistic let's say i agree yeah like he had um thingy from um dead rising as well frank oh yeah frank west was in it i forgot that frank west is in it um another one pops into my mind but oh yeah dark stalkers characters they were in there as well oh yeah they were weren't they it was it was basically like a lot of fighting game characters it was a lot of fighting game characters, and there's what um what was it? There was uh, <laughs> well, one that really threw me off was uh you know the there's a Die Hard game that came out, and like apparently like it uh, like it was big. I think it was made by I think it was made by Capcom. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think I know the one you're talking about. I think I've actually played that game. No, like, that was a really popular one, and obviously they couldn't call um the main character. I, I forget like please excuse me i haven't watched the diehard films not a massive fan diehard but um the main character in it the one that bruce willis plays i can't i can't remember his name either i know who you're talking about obviously they couldn't name him that character and they his his character design is very much based off bruce willis but (laughs) it's they, they like it's it's completely different. Like that, they've kind of stripped all the diehard references from it. But he's there. He's in there. He's in there doing his bits. I've definitely played that game, uh, that diehard game. It was a really cool arcade game. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's good that they um, transferred all this. <gasps> Sagata Shanshiro's in it as well. Oh yeah, he is. He's, he's, he? I think it's he's a, in I don't the second one. Yeah, second one. He is. He's in the second one. That, that was like one of the. He's a support character in it. Oh, he's only a support. That's lame. No. <laughs> Why is he not a playable? Come on, man. I mean, like he is like technically like when it comes to support characters, they're like added in like Phoenix Wright is a support as well. And um... yeah, I know, but like, do you want him to be like? I know, like when I say playable, it's questionable because you know, like turn-based strategy games aren't. You know, you're not technically like moving around all the time. You know, you're just sort of placing your pieces in a good spot. Yeah. But like, I want ah, uh, that was one of the selling points to me was that Sagata Sanchiro was in it. But I thought he was playable, not a support. Ah, that's lame. I mean, he's, he's still got some like dialogue in there. He's still there, and he knows all the Sega characters. Like, there's um tales of characters in there as well that he just communicates with. But oh, cool. But like, is he like? You know, is he throwing people over his shoulders and being like, Saka! Oh, I can't remember. That's the one thing. I remember him appearing in it, but I, uh, I'm i unsure. I'm unsure about that. <laughs> uh, we'll have to play it and find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's a couple of my favorite ones for sure. Uh, go on, Nathan. Hit us with another crossover. The worst thing is I had a different one in mind whilst we were just talking about Project Cross Zone, and yeah. I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> oh okay uh like i got really hyped for a second and then i just i've lost it so i'm just going to talk about something else uh-huh. i mean we've talked about it before but the jimmy timmy power hour <laughs> the jimmy timmy power hour, yeah that was like a really big cartoon crossover at the time yeah one that we didn't see happening either you know it was just like whoa what the hell i remember like they gave you like a premiere spot as well like but like back in the day, like, this is the thing. I feel like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon in America are very different to Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon here. Like I remember when I was um, when I went to America, they they do premieres for certain episodes, like a new episode of um, like a cartoon. Okay. And they'd like they'd advertise like that, but here they never did that, did they? They never like said, "Oh, tune into this special episode of Cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog," and then it'd be a weekly thing. It would just be. Like, hey, here's a new series. Barely even that. 
Yeah, if we um if we had something like that, it was probably like it was more focused on like, hey, here's the made for TV movie. Mm, that's what they did for the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. Yeah, I I remember those adverts super hard. Yeah, like that, that's that, that's how big it was for us. Like they actually gave it a premiere on that channel. Like that was that was a big deal for us. Oh man, <laughs> um, I don't remember much from it though. Is it bad that I also don't really remember that much either? I remember, I just remember um, Timmy Turner just going into 3D, and I thought that was just like that was weird. <laughs> it's weird to see him like that. But uh... what all I remember is that Timmy Turner basically goes into Jimmy Neutron's world, and then somehow, I guess because everyone thinks Jimmy Neutron's such a nerd, that like somehow Timmy Turner comes across as like really cool in that universe. Yeah. And he, like, quickly becomes, like, one of the cool kids, quote-unquote. Because I remember he was, like, chatting up, like, Cindy and, like, friggin', you know, like, Carl and, and Sheen were like, Dude, oh, Timmy's cool. Yeah, didn't they say he's a ma- he had a massive head as well, or something like that? I think there was, I mean, there was something about a massive head. Like, so it was, like, one of them, like, oh, it's really bugging me as well. I think I need to rewatch this, actually. Maybe it was Jimmy Neutron in like in fairly odd parents mm. timmy turner i wouldn't have said had a much bigger head than the rest of those jimmy neutron characters jimmy neutron's characters had massive friggin heads already yeah like jimmy neutron kind of made that like, he looked like fine in the like fairly odd parents animation bits yeah but when timmy went over into the jimmy neutron like world it kind of looked a bit strange you know what it is it's the fact that he's like really short yeah and also has massive teeth and they give him like proportional eyes i think it was the eyes it definitely was the eyes for it like i just remember like timmy turner's like 3d model had really fucking huge teeth like front teeth and his eyes were huge there's i swear there's like a meme there's like a meme or something of uh like timmy turner in the universe and like he just looks really weird it's like because that's the thing with like the like jimmy neutron characters they're like the eyes are like a lot smaller, or whatever. And they like they're as weird as it sounds. Like their face shapes are a lot more human-like, obviously. Um, but like obviously, fairly odd parents. Their eyes are massive. They got massive features. Nothing wrong with that art style at all. Nothing wrong with either art style. But when one translates into the other, it kind of just looks like, oh, I'm not sure if that works. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that was a that was a good one. I remember what was it, the Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of character, like the oh yeah. I remember him appearing in. Uh, one of them as well. I can't remember where which one he appeared. It must have been the which universe he appeared in anyway. I don't know. But. That he was fairly odd parents because he was like the he was fairly odd parents, but then because he was like the crazy strong, like he was the leader of the fairies or whatever. Did he appear in the Jimmy Neutron universe? I feel like he did, but I'm also not sure. I don't seem to remember that. Mm, maybe I'm making it up. Maybe he did though. I mean, I don't. I mentioned this just because, again, at the time it was real big because you know, like Fairly Odd Parents was like one of the top shows at the time. But like, I actually don't really remember that much because that was probably a good ten years ago, at least ten plus years ago. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, it was quite a while ago for us, and it's not that fresh in my mind. And I'm honestly, I don't particularly go around being like, yeah, I don't. I watch Jimmy Timmy Power Hour all the time. Yeah. It's my favorite fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, but I do remember the hype for it. I do agree with you. It was one of the, like a very big hype for anyone our age that still watched cartoons at that point. <laughs> 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 this one shows individually were quite cool. I enjoyed them. 
Yeah, I mean, I prefer Fairly Odd Parents to Jimmy Neutron personally, but oh, like that was one thing as well. I I remember Universal. They don't have any more. Uh, Universal in America in Orlando. They had a Nickelodeon ride, and it had a crossover between I think five of the big Nickelodeon cartoons at the time. Oh, okay, that's cool. I believe it was Fairly Odd Parents. It was uh, SpongeBob, Rugrats. Rugrats, really? Rugrats are in there, yeah. Interesting. Oh, Jimmy Neutron. And there's one more. I can't remember what the last one is. Cat Dog? No, I don't think it was Cat I don't think it was Cat Dog. Oh. oh it might have been, been <laughs> Wild Thornberries. I don't think it was Wild Thornberries. Well, how could that's older than Cat Dog. I would have put Cat Dog above Wild Thornberries. Oh, I can't I can't remember what the four point but this this ride was awesome by the way as well. Like it was like four D, so like it was like moving seats. It was um like spraying like smells and 40 shit in your face. <laughs> um, it was a really wow. good ride, but it's it shut down now. I think they replaced it with the Despicable Me ride, I think. Like, Even that, I don't know if that's still there or not. So I don't know. All I know is Universal Japan. It's not just a ride. That's a whole area, like Despicable Me. Yeah, a whole area for Despicable Me. Yeah. Yeah, but let's not get into that. Anyway, <laughs> that's not a crossover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, crossover, crossover. Well, this is a good one. Um, I, I I feel like we need to mention the crossovers that One Piece and Dragon Ball have had. Yes. Um, because there's been a fair few, to be fair, haven't there? Yeah. Like, uh, well, one I remember there was... Um, the first thing I saw of this was... Uh, it was uh, the manga. There's like a special chapter that Ichiroda and um, Akira Toyama did. And it was... There wasn't like a proper story. There might have been a proper story to it, but it wasn't like a fleshed out thing. Which one is that? Is that a cross epoch? Cro- cross epoch, indeed. It. That's that's exactly it. Um, I think that when they go into a massive feast or something, it was like Luffy and Goku were like trying to get to certain places. And I know I read this, but again, that was so long ago. Yeah. I remember Krillin was a train driver there. And um, Buggy and Pilaf were the enemies, and like they were trying to ruin something. <laughs> and obviously, in true Dragon Ball One Piece style, they like blasted them off, like Pokemon <laughs> thing, like there's a little spark in the sky and everything. Um, like, I remember uh, Vegeta, Piccolo, Sanji, and Robin were on a spaceship together as well. I believe I think Zoro might have been there. Oh yeah, it was that kind of vibe. Trunks was probably involved. I remember Chopper was working with Krillin, I believe. Again, like it, it's been a while. Um, but there's that crossover again. It, like at the time, for um, like, at, like at the time being, I was a massive One Piece and Dragon Ball fan when I started getting into anime and stuff and manga. Like this is a really cool crossover. I mean, just the idea of them coming together was a good vibe. Like it was, it was something to get hyped over. Yeah, I mean, equally so. Also, like you know, uh, I want to say it was 2012, maybe 2013. You know, where um they did that. It was a really big deal. That One Piece, Dragon Ball, Toriko, uh, I believe Bleach as well. It was just the anime. Yeah, it was, it was just the three of them in the anime. It was literally just... Because um, originally there was just One Piece and Toriko that crossed over. Then they had to have the boy Goku. like. Yeah, so yeah, so it's like two different... There's two different crossover here. There's One Piece and Toriko. Which was just like, um, it was like typical Toriko sort of anime where on like cross with One Piece. Like, oh yeah, the Straw Hats find themselves an island and Toriko and Komatsu. Is it Komatsu? Yes. He's, how do you not remember your favorite character? Oh, shut the... <laughs> don't like Komatsu. I'm not getting into this again. I'm not getting... <laughs> it's making me angry because I don't know if I've talked... I've really talked about this on my channel. I don't... Uh, on yeah, my channel, I my think... <laughs> I think we've had a... Uh... 
small arguments about it here and there randomly. If anyone doesn't know, and if they know the Toriko anime or manga, like you'll know that the two main characters pretty much are Toriko and Komatsu. And like Toriko, yeah, he makes some good like um strides in his like progression of the story and all that sort of thing. And it's understandable because he's one of the four heavenly kings, I believe. Yes. But then Komatsu comes out of nowhere. He's like this random chef that isn't really supposed to be that good. And that works in a pretty shitty starred hotel compared to the rest of the gourmet world. And suddenly he just has food luck. What the fuck is food luck? And like he like he goes from a shit chef to like becoming one of the best ones in the world or whatever. And I'm like, how does this make sense? Like sometimes when a like an anime or manga character starts off really shit and they make good progression. It's because they've trained or whatever. But like... He did train. They trained for two years in the uh, the natural world. No, I didn't like this this idea of a Komatsu. That's Komatsu training. He can... Surely like with a chef or whatever. Like you have that... You have somewhat of a natural talent and like there's... You do learn things, don't get me wrong. You Like you can like do that sort of shit. But like Komatsu is like pitched as a shit character from the start and then suddenly he just becomes like world class yeah because he gets protag powers from toriko i hate it i absolutely like i don't <laughs> think any anime character makes me more furious than komatsu but that aside you're just jealous because you don't have amazing food luck and didn't appear in a one piece crossover if i did have food luck, i'd be fucking chuffed to be honest mate but it's just the progression. Where did he get this food luck from? How come he's just dis- found it now? He always had it. How has he been working in a shitty restaurant for his whole life and then suddenly he meets Toriko? Because it didn't activate yet till we went to the pyramid of food luck. Oh, fucking hell. I'm a pyramid of food luck. <laughs> anyway, the original crossover was Toriko One Piece, and they all met, and like Sanji was cooking shit. Like Toriko was like, ah, blah, 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 food stuff, and then that was that was one <laughs> special. Then this special with Dragon Ball followed up, like, and uh, arguably, I think this is like the special that everyone remembers more. Yeah, I I forgot there was just a One Piece Toriko beforehand. Yeah, like this is the one that you go remember more of because it was it was literally just a crossover. Well, also it was the one that was talked about the most, right? Because like that made waves across the internet. This is the first like televised um, Dragon Ball crossover with One Piece as well. Obviously, we had Cross It Park and stuff, um, and we've had the One Piece and Toriko crossover. But like the Toriko is massive back in the day as well. This is like one of the things that always kind of like I. Not shocks me, but I'm quite surprised it never made it that big in the West, considering how big it was in Japan. Like I just I don't know if like they even bothered to try and translate it over or whatever, or like try and localize it. They must though, because you had the volume and I read that in English. Yeah. And the anime did come over, but maybe it came over too late. Yeah. I'm not even sure, but um, either way, Toriko just never hit it that big. But like obviously, One Piece and Dragon Ball were like sizable series and to be fair like i don't think the toriko anime did as well as i think it censored a lot of stuff and the manga was sort of better from what i hear uh fair yeah uh, that's one thing but um anyway to the story of the crossover of toriko one piece dragon ball it was good was it good it was all right i felt like luffy and toriko were like when you, when you compare one piece and toriko you can kind of feel like they're on the same power level a little bit yeah, but then you throw Goku in there and it's just sort of like, uh... It kind of feels a bit more redundant. <laughs> Especially because that was like, what, that must have been Luffy just a little bit after time skip. Yeah, like that was when Elephant Kong, uh, Elephant Gun was like his big move at the time. Yeah, like, so Luffy wasn't even that impressive. No, he really 
wasn't. And like Toroko, like yeah, the, as I said, like it felt like they were on the same power level as One Piece in, in some way. But then I think mem- I remember it being that. Uh, one okay let's get into this first there was a battle between goku luffy and toriko and at that point i was like go like as much as a big one piece fan i am like i know for a fact that goku would beat toriko and luffy hands down yeah that's no competition like it didn't even have to that was way before super and like goku at any point especially back then definitely could have beat them without transforming he definitely i'm pretty sure he definitely didn't go super saiyan to fight against them um but like from what i remember the reason why luffy had an edge over goku was because obviously luffy has devil fruit powers so when goku did punch him obviously he didn't feel anything because obviously goku doesn't have Haki, although arguably he has some other technique, which I'm sure would be just as bad. (laughs) Um, But, uh, like, uh, so that was one thing. I can't remember what thing Toriko did. He must have done, like, like, did he have, like, a shield fork thing? I feel like that might have been. Uh, Was that around then? I I remember his main attack was normally his, uh, what was it, his nine-inch kugi punch or nail punch. Kugi punch, yeah. And his um, I I don't remember if he was doing flying knife and fork yet. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't remember to be honest, mate, with the Toriko stuff. <laughs> yeah, like that, it kind of felt like a bit bullshit that fight. Kind of like they nerfed Goku so much, understandably so. If you want to make it an interesting fight, you can't just like throw Goku in there. And he beats the shit out of him, and it's like, hey, game over. <laughs> Yeah, well, also, you don't want to flame active fandoms because, you know, at the time, One Piece and Toriko were ongoing and Dragon Ball was finished. Yeah. And we'd only just started getting sprinklings that, oh, there might be a new series for Dragon Ball. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And at the time, what was that? That was that would have been 2000, 2013, I believe it was. Yeah, like roughly. It was okay, though, this crossover game. The second thing I wanted to mention, though, was uh, the big bad or whatever it is. I think it might have been a monster of some sort. Like, you know, like in Toriko, they're always hunting monsters for the food and, like, eating them and shit. Yeah. Um, and I remember, uh, like, there was, like, a big finisher, which does, it did look pretty awesome. But you had, like, um, Toriko doing his, like, kooky punch. And then you had Luffy going, like, ah, oh, elephant gun. And then Goku comes in at the end, like, with just, like, Kamehameha. Absolutely just, like, I think he goes Super Saiyan 3. <laughs> Doesn't even just go to Super Saiyan to defeat us. He goes Super Saiyan free, and it kind of felt like what that feels a lot stronger than the rest of the shit that these guys have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> this guy could have taken all this like these bad these animals out like just with that. Um, probably absolutely roasted them like in that late. Well, I mean, Goku could have fucking taken down mostly anyone by that point. Mm. Again, I'd still think at that point in time, Goku, even though he hadn't been in a series for a long time was still probably one of the stronger shonen characters in existence yeah and he's only just continuously gotten more strong like i mean consider this like uh, i remember reading a uh, interview with um masashi kishimoto the mangaka of naruto yeah and when he was comparing power levels to people so the end game madara in naruto shippuden uh is supposedly the equivalent power level as nappa Oh God! <laughs> so think of it that way. Like <laughs> that, Madara in Naruto is the same power level as Nappa, and Nappa is like very early <laughs> Dragon Ball. Like, yeah. Wait. So Madara was so like end game. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that by the end of it, Naruto and Sasuke are probably the equivalent of like a three times Kaioken? possibly like maybe like yeah same like same powers maybe the ginyu force i'd say 
Okay, so that's at least the I don't know, like a ten times Kaioken. Maybe a Zarbon or a Doria. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, probably. Oh my god, that puts things into perspective. I always thought like if anyone was going to be able to sort of do something to Goku, I always thought someone from the Naruto universe probably. And now you've said that, I'm like, no way, they'd get destroyed. Arguably, it depends on what kind of Naruto character it is, because they have Genjutsu on their side, so they can probably pull some strings a little bit. Yeah, but like... Like, sort of characters like Itachi, for example, might have a bit of an edge on Goku. Maybe, but like, if it's if you're talking just sheer power, then like, bringing Goten and Trunks could kill <laughs> Naruto characters. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure like, Goten and Trunks probably just end up killing Naruto. <laughs> that's, that's a genuine fact. I might trigger a lot of people with that phrase. But um, it's true. Like, he's Super Saiyan, like, considering how much... Yeah. Holy crap. It's a little... Um... I didn't know the such a... Th- I didn't know they ever did it, say things like that in interviews, but that's mad. I think it was, like, it was right at the end of Naruto, like, when he was... when Kishimo was closing it up or whatever. I think someone asked him, like, oh, like, what would happen if, um, like, Naruto or Goku got in a fight or whatever? And <laughs> he was like, yeah, Madara is the same level as Nappa, so maybe take... <laughs> keep that in mind when you're comparing the two characters. <laughs> My god yeah it's not often you get those sort of uh, things i remember there's um i guess it ties into the crossover universe again but um kishimoto and uh oda they did an interview together as well uh talking about like their favorite um their favorite parts in their respective mangas mm-hmm. uh and like which like what sort of points they like more and like comparing stuff it's a, I feel like it's a lot of like compliments to one another. Let's put it that way. There's always like, oh yeah, I, I uh, really uh, respect Kishimoto Sensei stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and vice versa with uh, Oda Sensei. Like it is all like very much. Oh, like I appreciate this series. I appreciate this series. So if you find it, yeah, give it a read. But um, yeah, there's some sort of crossover there with manga authors for you. I mean, we can go further into that. Mm-hmm. The Jump Games themselves are massive crossovers of Jump series. Yeah, there's so many, like, there's so many good ones that I really enjoy. Um, like, I'm currently playing one right now on my mobile. Uh, on my mobile, God, that sounds old. <laughs> on my smartphone. Um, it's called um, Jump Ulti Heroes. And it is literally, like, you think that, like, Jump Superstars, like, or, like, Ultimate Stars has a big catalogue of series. I think it's, like, maybe 50. There's 52 playable characters in that game, which is quite good. Wow. Right, for, like, a a DS game at that time. That is a pretty fucking good deal. But uh, then uh, Jump Ulti Ulti Heroes, like, is a puzzle game, like, line connect sort of thing. You know, like, you tap it and... It's it's a match three or four gacha game. Yeah, it's a gacha game. That 100% is that. And then... That's got like a shit ton of characters in it, shit ton of series, which I, and it keeps on coming with updates as well. And it's it's just a really good mobile game. I don't understand shit in it because it's only out available in Japan. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> so, it's, it's probably a good thing to mention that before people go like, yeah. oh, where can I get this? And it's like not translated. Honestly, like um, download uh, if you really want to play it. Download a Japanese iTunes account, create an app Japanese iTunes account. Download that stuff, and it's not it's quite simple to be fair. If you obviously gotcha, so bear in mind like you if you want to pay money for gems go for it that's all what you want to do it's not my vibe I, i'm all free to play I, I always do that don't forget 
get <laughs> if you are the type of person who likes spending money it might be a bit difficult and you might be spending more than you want to because of conversion rates and whatever conversion rate will fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i mean unless you have like a Jap- like, i don't know some sort of mon- i don't know if you use a monzo or something I, I again i've never really set up a thing like you might need to buy an itunes card like a japanese one um but regardless of that it sounds like so much effort, but it is a lot of effort because I think I looked into it at one point. I was like, oh, I could do this. And then I just stopped myself because I just looked at the price and I was like, no, <laughs> can't afford that. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, at that point, I'd rather just pay for like Jump Force at that point. <laughs> oh, um, I don't want to pay for that. Arguably, Jump Force is like, I put that underneath um, like J Styles Victory VS, which is a great, I, I loved it. I love the, it feels like more of a party game. That was a good one. I did like that because he still had the support characters in it. It felt like... Again, my, my favourite is Jump Ultimate Stars. I think I've mentioned Same. this in the previous one. And it is it's so good. It's like a Smash Bros-esque fighter. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. It is more of a Smash Bros. But with jump characters and quite a lot of them, you know, I don't know any other game or series of games where I can play as Goku and Kenshiro and Suna and Yugi. Oh, man. Yeah. And you know like these are great because if there's a shonen franchise that you like at least in the older ones probably in it mm, definitely and they had like a, the support characters are great in as well like even like sure you wouldn't be able to fight with anyone from like prince of tennis or slam dunk for a bit like for example but they would be support characters that you can include in your own little manga panel on the touch screen which you use to switch between characters and use support um but oh, it's so good man i really do wish they made another one i think we've mentioned that before as well well many a time <laughs> I'd, I'd love another jump ultimate stars like follow up victory vs was like it still incorporated that party element sure it didn't have as many characters in but it still had your support characters so it represents all those like sports and rom-com series and uh obviously you had like well you had your goku doofy ichigo naruto toriko gintoki i can go on and on about how many good series are in this like suno as well oh dude i was just thinking about it. could you imagine like a jump ultimate stars not remaster remake on switch Ooh, i'd take like remaster remake whatever i'll take that shit in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> i would like honestly this this game was like my childhood like in my teens or whatever so yeah 100 percent, i'll take that stuff like even if they didn't update it even if they just brought over like just ported it somehow i don't know how they would but if they did i'd be forever grateful man <laughs> uh, i'd probably cry <laughs> <laughs> oh like oh I, like when you look at some other games like that have come out recently i say other games the only one that's come up since then with a jump crossover is jump force and arguably yeah it's not the best game uh far from it but it's and the story is uh, <laughs> we yeah. don't talk about the story in Jump Force because when I say there's stuff that sounds like fan fiction, that is like that's fan fiction. That's like next level. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it ties into like another big crossover game, which I feel like we have to talk about. <laughs> it's Smash Bros. Like <laughs> uh, I try to hold off as long as possible <laughs> for those who have been with us for a while. Yeah, it, it ties in. I'm not gonna go too into too much detail what Smash Bros. is because I feel like i've done my hype on that before and all that also at time of recording sora came out about a week ago so you know you know what smash bros is yeah top tier shit man <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i more relate to smash bros in the terms of their story in brawl you know what i mean 
Ah, oh, subspace emissary. I loved it. This is like I love this. It like obviously there's some like it does borderline fan fiction, but again, it is a really I like I was heavily invested in this story of uh, subspace. Like, well, it was like it was pretty decent considering you know they just got all Nintendo characters. But I heard uh, they got uh, someone from Final Fantasy to actually write that story. They did, didn't they? Yeah, that's it, it's it's very true. They did do that. So you think like if someone from Final Fantasy wrote that, like it's fan fiction, but it's fucking good fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially when this is the thing that I like about like this is what I wanted to compare about Jump Force and Brawl. Because Jump Force had a story which felt a little bit cringy, had light considering looking for Dragon Balls, for example. And I think it's dialogue which kind of makes it feel cheesy. Where with <laughs> Subspace Emissary, you didn't have that like that much you obviously wouldn't have dialogue because none of the characters spoke in it. <laughs> <laughs> but um well i mean most of the nintendo you know protagonists don't talk no <laughs> yeah <didn't> go <laughs> but no like i thought it was really cool <laughs> sorry the way you did that just then reminds me of um a freaking i think it was a timberland song <laughs> i'm bringing oh. sexy back yeah yeah <laughs> 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 you are the brothers okay. you don't know how to act yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh link remix of a timberland song that's what we need that's the uh, ultimate crossover right there we don't need to talk about no more crossovers a timberland link like collaboration that's that's what we're talking about oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but no they um they like, included some dialogue in like World of Light, didn't they? Like you had Marth and Marth, um, Pitt and Zelda. Yeah. Spoken um spoken the first like cutscene of World of Light, and then we didn't get any other dialogue after that. It was a cool cutscene though. It was a, it was a cool one. Yeah, I mean, but you end up seeing it all the time. So it's kind of like uh, it loses its luster, but I like in Subspace Emissary. I don't know if you have a favorite clip at all, but like my favorite one was um, it's where like it's like kind of heading towards the final battle, and like all like the video game characters like sp- like spaceships turn up. Like so you had Fox in his R wing, you had Samus's spaceship, Olimar's spaceship, you had Kirby coming through on a warp star, like destroying some shit. Like and the brawl main theme is playing in the background, and that like that gives me goosebumps every time I watch that. That is a very good cutscene. <laughs> I haven't watched the cutscenes in ages. Yeah. So I actually can't come up with one. <laughs> <laughs> there's some fun there's some funny bits in it as well, wasn't there? Like I don't... Like I remember fighting Requ like Requazo, like Oh, that was a cool one. I like that. That's like I sort of remember bits of stages and stuff, like mm. that seems to come up in memory, but like I can't remember any cutscenes. Yeah, like well that's the thing like sakurai didn't make another subspace emissary or didn't like doing it because everyone uploaded those clips to the internet and sakurai didn't like that <laughs> so he was like there's no more of that <laughs> he cut out the whole like cutscene thing basically oh fair but i get i kind of get that he's inc- he's incorporated very well into the trailers though so you can't get that like you get that sort of like character interaction in those like smash bros trailers now so that's what you get in them so they're available to the public you can watch them as much of the time as you like and they're not actually in the game so <laughs> yeah i like the trade they did really well with the trailers uh in smash 4 and onwards didn't they i thought those those always brought some hype yeah they they were really cool those announcement trailers are pretty sick although sometimes they were a bit cheesy you know uh yeah okay, okay. like the um pyramithra one comes to mind because it's like oh god yeah 
Oh, where is Pyra? I've looking, been looking for her for ages. I'm so worried. I got invited <laughs> to Smash. See you later, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, there are some sort of ones like that. I think it's, you got more tools in Ultimate. That's when there's they became a little bit more cheesier. Pyra Mithra one, one was, it felt a bit drawn out as well. So I don't think that would yeah. be my favorite. I think the coolest one, at least to me, was still Ridley. Ridley's one was cool. I love Sephiroth's. Sephiroth's was like, I think because it had like unexpected, like, you had Mario getting impaled on his sword as well <laughs> yeah but like fucking ridley straight up kills mega man <laughs> like, he, he ain't killed mega man like mario dies as well like mario died in quite a few of them trailers <laughs> yeah i mean luigi got absolutely destroyed in simon belmont's one i don't remember that uh, like what was it because um they it's in the castlevania theme in it so it has all like the mummies walking around and all like the medusa heads and stuff and then the grim reaper shows up oh yeah and luigi's just walking around with his poltergeist like trying to like <laughs> using his like um plunger and everything he's doing his best but they're castlevania enemies mate you're gonna die and then the grim reaper steals his soul <laughs> and then Luigi at the end of the trailer Lu- Luigi's dead body is on the floor and his ghost is like hovering around it <laughs> so <laughs> oh Luigi <laughs> yeah they killed they killed Luigi they killed Mario they killed Luigi <laughs> but yeah there's uh, a lot of good uh, Smash Bros trailers they always brought the hype is there any other crossovers I finally remembered what it is and the final one I'll, I'll mention and as a 90s kid is very important Power Rangers and turtles ninja turtles and power rangers had crossovers oh i never saw this so they had like crossover episodes i think there was a movie and more recently they had a comic book run where the turtles and the power rangers crossover and then the turtles become the fucking power rangers what jeez yeah like these are two really big franchises from the 90s that just it blows your mind you know i'm like uh, to be fair i've never i'm like probably one of the only kids that wasn't hyped about the power rangers or the turtles but that is like what no yeah I don't, <laughs> i'm a, a disgrace you oh wow i'm learning things i'm learning things. <laughs> I, I, I was never that hyped about it. I, I don't exactly know why but no okay, that does sound like a pretty freaking good crossover though if the yeah turtles became the power rangers i was like damn okay like that's the freshest like power ranger ninja turtle crossover i remember but like they do it all the time yeah like there's quite a f- they have crossovers from ninja turtles and power rangers i want to say fairly often it's just really cool when you can see like because i feel like that's like a different type of crossover you know mm. that one is just they're always pure fan fiction yeah pretty much because it's just like how did the power rangers get into a different world i don't know but let's hang out with ninja turtles <laughs> that's, that's, it. that's all you need to hear like how they get there fuck knows but let's see some awesome there must have been some awesome fights in that there must have been yeah well i mean like when i was a kid and they had the crossovers it was old like movie ninja turtle suits yeah the ones with the really big like creepy looking faces oh ooh, okay yeah them. i know them. i've seen memes about them i've seen me <laughs> yeah is there one where like he, like one of the turtles has a second mouth on the inside like kind of like alien i think so yeah but um <laughs> it was those costumes and it was like power rangers so they still did all of the cheesy you know like flailing around and whatever but then they would fight together and it was like as a little kid like that blew my mind because i was like what oh my god that sounds sick to be fair i think even if i wasn't hyped about either one of them which i'm again i'm not really like i'd (laughs) I'd be i'd be hyped for that cross that's the thing like crossovers make you hyped about stuff even if you didn't care about them beforehand i'd be hyped about that the ones we talked about like i was hyped about that dragon ball torico one piece crossover and at the time Mm. i only liked torico and 
Dragon Ball. I wasn't actually into One Piece at the time. So it was like, whoa, my God. You know, like, <laughs> and like when I played the jump games, I'd only watched whatever anime had come out like on TV. Mm. So I wasn't really into that many shonen franchises, but like I still played them because I was like so amazed, you know, like that all these other characters are in it. Mm. I mean, like that's the same with me, though, to be fair. When I picked like Jump Ultimate Stars or Jump Superstars, uh, kind of the reason why I got into a lot of the anime that I'm into today, um, because at the time when I saw this advertise, I only knew Goku and Yugi from the front cover. Yeah, because that's all we had, pretty much. That's all we had. And, uh, like, shortly after that game came out, Luffy, like, One Piece came onto TV in the UK. And shortly after that, Naruto did as well, and Bobobo. I mean, Shaman King was there as well, actually. Like, yeah. all these started, like, appearing on, like, Fox Kids and uh, Cartoon Network and stuff. And various other channels. Like. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that, I think that's where, like, th- that's where that game came in. And you're like, oh, well, like, this is where the nostalgia, like, nostalgia, but, like, this is where it all comes from, basically. And that's what made me the weeb I am today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about you. Like, is there like any series that you, like when you played Jump Ultimate Stars or any other similar jump games, like was there any series in there that you didn't know about which you decided to pick up afterwards? There are so many. Um, I think the main one is Fist of the North Star. Oh, yeah. And I guess to a, a much later, not directly because of it, but I did end up getting into JoJo's much, much later. Oh, same. Yeah. And, like, I've tried to get into Saint Seiya and, you know, like, there's quite a lot of them that, not directly because of that game, because at the time I didn't really research, you know, I was probably on, like, 14. Yeah. Like, I probably didn't think to type it in on Google for some reason. But, like, a lot of those series from back then I did end up getting into, like, way later. Mm. And, yeah, I, if I went back to that game now, I'd probably find most of them were there. Yeah. Doing it like um I remember getting into Death Note because of it. Like and then suddenly Death Note became massive in the West. <laughs> that was yeah, I, I was like one of those kids, I knew Death Note before it was cool. Oh, <laughs> he was, he was, was a hipster. Uh but like Death Note's all like it's an easy one to get into, like if you're just getting into anime and manga, I feel. It's it is normally one of the ones that like people are like, Yeah, you should you should watch that. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um but yeah, I think I'm just gonna mention one last crossover. Sure. And it's quite fresh in my mind, just because I've started picking up recently. I did play this as a kid. Off of the back of Smash Bros as well, um, Sora being announced as a character, I had a sudden wave of like, I want to play Kingdom Hearts again. So last week I picked up Ah uh, yes. Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. And I didn't actually play Kingdom Hearts 1. I only played Kingdom Hearts 2 when I was a kid, and I made quite a quite a way through it, but never finished it. Um so uh, I do love this crossover. Like this is a this is a good one. A very ambitious one as well. Oh yeah, like it's it's mad when you think about it. Like just going through Kingdom Hearts one, the fact that like Cloud's there and like all the other like Final Fantasy characters are in it. Right from the start as well. Cloud, Aerith, yeah, Leon, Yuffie, Sid. Yeah, that's just the Final Fantasy characters as well. Like when you go into all the Disney stuff that's in there. Yeah, well that's the that's what makes it so crazy, isn't it? And like is the most unexpected crossover probably ever. Mm. It's Final Fantasy and Disney of all things. Yeah, like, and it all came across, came about because two guys from those companies worked in the same building and started talking in the lift. That's mad. What a crossover! Like, it's... could you imagine like doing that now? Like, the one of the craziest crossovers to ever exist. Like, came about because two guys were talking in the elevator at work. 
Mm. It's really cool hearing those stories, though. I do like hearing that. That's a, it's, a, it's like you said, it's ambitious as hell. And there's something about Cloud getting destroyed and Hercules rescuing him. Yeah. It's just like, a, what? <laughs> Some... Well, that's the, th- it's also like the fact that in Kingdom Hearts 1, like, what was it? Like, Hollow Bastion is in the background. So that's uh, Beast's Castle, right? And in the t- little town in front of it, that's where you meet all the other Final Fantasy characters. Very strange. But yeah, that's. I just wanted to bring it up just because I've been playing it recently as well. I'm only a little bit the way through so far. I think I've just finished... Um, where am I in Kingdom Hearts? I just finished... Uh, oh, what's the world? Tarzan's World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've just, uh, I just finished that one. So I'm on to the next bit, hopefully. So <laughs> I might keep you updated on my journey. Most likely not, but there we go. <laughs> more, more than likely, if that, any of our conversations are to go by, Nathan, I'm going to get through maybe one or two more worlds in Kingdom Hearts and then drop it and play something else. <laughs> Probably. And then you'll tell me in the next however many videos. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back. I'll, I'll finish it one day. <laughs> it's going to be next week's episode. I know it's going to be. <laughs> How you doing, Kingdom Kingdom Hearts, Pepe. Dropped it. <laughs> oh, I, start, I started uh, some other uh, weep game. Oh, 100%. It's probably going to be Kimetsu no Yaiba as well. Because <laughs> uh, I've got to make my way through that as well. So I'm taking on quite a few games at the same time. But yes, there's an insight into my gaming stuff. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention, Nathan? Nah, there's, there's plenty of crossovers. Maybe we'll do another episode because there's plenty more to talk about and there's always crossovers coming out. And again, we've only scratched the surface. Like these are things we just mostly picked out from the top of our brains. You know, like we, we didn't plan to talk about any, well, not specifically any one franchise crossover. So yeah. Hmm. And for me, that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, guys. Well, thank you for listening again and we will see you next time. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to check us out on podcast platforms. See you later. What you said. Yeah. Bye.